0: Hey sci-fi fans, this is Sam Witwer from Force Unleashed, Battlestar Galactica, and Smallville, and you're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast.
1: Live long, and prosper.
2: Bad feeling about
0: this. trying to turn away from the things that I want to believe in. This is gonna get
1: pretty interesting. Defy interest! Donald oh God oh God, we're all gonna die? are listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, and now, from the end
2: of the universe, bringing you the latest in science fiction movies and television shows, here are your hosts. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. This is episode 52. My name is Scott Herzog. I'm one of your hosts and I am Miles P. McLaughlin and he's also one of your hosts yes and uh, we are here i was saying earlier right before we started this is episode 42 miles and miles said we could time travel
3: i thought he would scott was uh doing some time travel with us
2: yes i just like the number 42 you know that. is it
3: significant for
2: some reason and the answer to everything in the universe okay. according to Douglas Adams that it so is significant. It is very significant. Mm-hmm. Anyways, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we got a lot of great stuff on the docket for tonight. If you want to leave feedback or just call in and let us know what you're thinking in the sci-fi world, the stuff that you're watching, we want to hear from you. You can call in and and leave a message for us at one eight 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 five zero eight four three four three, 508 4343 and we'll play it on the show just like we did last time. And we have some emails we're going to read tonight And so we really want to get your participation in the show as well as our input into what we're watching and what we're thinking. Now, Miles,
3: you watched a good movie this week, or an interesting movie, right? Interesting, entertaining. I don't know if we call it good. but uh, Okay, and what was it? It was Zombieland. Zombieland. Tell me about Zombieland since I probably will never watch it. Okay. It uh, stars uh, Woody Harrelson.
2: Oh, and he's a guy from 2012. He was in that. He's a, he's a crazy he's like crazy radio announcer now. Anyways, oh, okay,
3: well, anyways, well, like any zombie movie, it's a po- sort of a post-apocalyptic thing. A virus happens, and much of humanity has become zo- zombies. And those that are left are just trying to survive. And this uh, uh, kid uh, meets up with um, uh, Woody Harrelson, and um, they're basically fighting to survive. But um, zombie movies are never meant to be taken too seriously. A lot, a lot of humor and. I think, um, I agree with, uh, Mary, uh, Televixen from a DVD Geeks. This, he was made for this role. Um, okay. He, um, they just called him Tallahassee and, uh, just a very flamboyant guy, um, uh, wanting to kill zombies and, uh, just wanted to get a Twinkie. Um, try, you know. I mean, who doesn't? Well, it, it was, it was very, you know, it, it took a long time. He just wanted to get his Twinkies and, um, it seemed to be part of the story, but, uh, great movie just for, you know, for laughs. It is a zombie movie, a little bit of gore, so um, not necessarily for the kids, but um, if you're into zombie movies and you need, need a good laugh, uh, I recommend it. Yeah. The things you'll do for Twinkie, Miles.
2: Yes. Yes. Well, good. Well, that's awesome. I just, I'm almost finished with Farscape Season 1. That's what I'm watching. Okay. So that's been kind of cool. Hmm. And I began watching The Dark Crystal. Okay. I never, never, never saw it. So I'm just going back. I've got about partway through it and then got distracted. So it's not that it's not
3: holding my attention,
2: Miles, very well. <laughs> that's for sure.
3: Well, um, so, something I'm excited about is uh, if you have a Nintendo Wii um, in the springtime, you'll be able to watch uh, movies off Netflix uh, with your with Nintendo Wii. Right now, it's only working with um, Xbox and and PlayStation Three. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so, so we're excited about that, Miles. At least is I sold my Wii, mm-hmm. so
2: Whee! all right on the menu tonight miles mm-hmm. we have a great lineup for you not only are we going to bring you an interview with sam witwer who was star killer from the force unleashed Crashdown down from bsg and doomsday from smallville but we also have a lot of other news we're going to bring you as well including two listener emails that we want to share trivia Yes, that's right. We're bringing trivia back, Miles, with a very special prize. We're going to be looking at what's what TV shows are coming back, what, what might come back, and what shows have been axed so far, at least the ones that we care about. It won't be all of the sci-fi shows, because there's a ton out there. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about a new Flash Gordon movie that's in the works. We have a couple of DVDs on the docket, 2012, Where the Wild Things Are, and Santa Claus, Conquerors the Martians. That's bound to be a classic. And we're going to find out whether Kirk and Spock would have survived in Warp Speed. And at the end, I'm going to give you my top five sci-fi's TV sexiest women in our Sci-Fi 5 and 5. All right. That's a show. Mm-hmm. So Still. Something to look forward to. Okay, just a little bit of show news before we get in to everything. Miles, why don't you start us out here?
3: Yes, uh, listeners, uh, you would do us a tremendous favor if you could leave us reviews on iTunes. Uh, yes. Please give us uh, those five-star reviews. It just gives us that visibility, and um, it just spreads the word. So
2: It does. It shares the love. Mm-hmm. It shares the love. We would love to have you do that. There are other ways you can support us. If you want to find out where to do that, you can click on the sh- link in the show notes, but it's the com, and there's a backslash donate. You don't have to donate, but there's other ways you can support us that are listed there. And, uh, and we would love to have you support us in a couple, in many different ways. And some of it's just participating, calling in and letting us know that you're there.
3: Love to hear from you guys.
2: Yes, sure. Well, we're going to start out with some listener feedback before we get into the news of the show. This is one that actually came out before last show, and I failed to mention it or failed to include it in our show 51. Um, And Anyways... I, I, this is an email we got from Adam Shun, and Adam Shun said this, Scott, I just wanted to mention that you had forgotten a sci-fi classic that Jackie Haley was part of, and that was Damnation Alley from 1977. Who can forget Carniv- Carnivorous Roaches? Hmm. Yeah. So, Miles, you just picked up this DVD, right? I did. We were at um, Farpoint.
3: Uh, but you didn't watch it yet. I have not watched it yet. That, that's something I want to just share with some friends. I figured... Right. Let's, let's watch a nuclear war movie. Uh, oh yeah,
2: absolutely. Mm-hmm. Can, uh, another apocalypse movie. This, of course, is in reference to our discussion in Human Target, where where Jackie uh, Jackie Haley is uh, playing Guerrero in in the in the TV show Human Target, which we're going to talk about briefly a little bit later on here. And uh, we had mentioned a bunch of things that he'd done, but that was not one of the sci fi movies he mentioned because we we're looking down through I guess the sci fi stuff, mm-hmm. and then just failed to mention it. But whatever, thanks a lot, Adam, for pointing that out, that we missed that, and uh, it is one that we should not have missed. We have another listener email. Uh, Miles, you want to read this one? It comes from J.P. Harvey.
3: Gents, I've been listening to for a short time, well, for a dozen episodes, and really enjoy the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. In the latest installment, you ran a promo for Balticon, and it, it said that uh, Scott Sigler would be there. I'm checking with Scott and his business partner to see if anything's changed, but I'm pretty sure he's not attending this year unless a conflicting commitment has evaporated. He was a guest last year, and I suspect the good folks at Balticon might have sent you one of his promos from last year's con. But hey, Sigler, Schmigler, everyone loves the future Dark Overlord, but more importantly, are you guys going to be there? If so, I'd love to meet you both. Just a fan, not anyone who wants an interview or hope hoping for you guys to plug my efforts. I'm actually a military officer and never have time to go get into all the fun stuff I want to when it comes to podcasting, etc. My wife is currently stationed in Germany and managed to attend Balticon last year. We're flying together to go again this year and would love to buy you guys around a beverage of your choice, of course, if you're there. Thanks again for the great podcast. I'm always happy when a new episode hits my iTunes. Warm regards, J.P. Harvey.
2: Yeah, so really nice. Well, thanks, JP, for sending that in and, and giving us, uh, your regards. And, uh, yeah, I didn't, it was a promo, it was the latest promo from the Balticon that was listed on their mm-hmm. site. And when I downloaded, it, I said, oh, well, this must be the current one. And since we had just talked with Paul Fisher mm-hmm. at Farpoint, the FarpointCon, and we kind of talked about Balticon, I thought I'd give it a plug. Uh, obviously they still have last year's promo up. Ah. They should have yanked that down. But uh, maybe I should have checked with Paul about that too, without just yanking it off his site. But I assume with the promo's up it's current, right? You would think. Um maybe we can start a petition to get Scott Ziegler there. The dark overlord himself. Come, Come on.
3: on. I think I think there's some folks that want to see him.
2: Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, Miles, are we are you gonna be there? I haven't decided yet. Yeah. And you know what? I have not decided yet. And I know that Paul said he was going to send me some stuff regarding that. Never did. Mm -hmm. Shame on you, Paul, from Balticon Podcast. (sighs) Anyways, um, uh, just so you know, I would love to be there. I'm not sure that I'm going to make it this year. We'll see. Mm -hmm. We'll see. It's, It's kind of up in the air Check back with us closer to April, at the end of April, because Balticon is happening at the end of May. Mm-hmm. And uh, who knows? Maybe we'll step down. And if we do, we will let you know, JP, and we will try and hook up with you guys. We'd and, love to.
3: And take you up on your gracious offer.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you so much for listening to the show and kind of joining us here. And that wraps up our listener email. We have another great segment here. Our trivia is back. We we put trivia in hold since December, right? We mm-hmm. really I guess we had a a David Mack trivia we ran for two weeks there in January and uh, mm-hmm. no one bid on it. Oh, I well. think maybe our trivia was too hard. I don't know. It could be. This one should not be hard. We should get tons of people on this trivia. Miles, take it away. Tell
3: us first off, Miles, what can they win if they get this trivia right? Well since we um Spoke with Sam Witwer at Farpoint. Um, he he uh, graciously donated a signed picture of himself. Uh, so you will get a signed print of Sam Witwer as Star Killer from the Force Unleashed. It is a very attractive-looking picture. It is. It's great. And uh, what is our question, Miles? Okay. Who was in charge of bringing down the deflector shield of the second Death Star?
2: Come on, you Star Wars geeks out there. You know this answer.
3: If you do know this answer, Miles... Yes. Well, please uh, either uh, call us at one eight 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 five zero eight four three four three, 508 4343 or email us at sci-fi-darn-podcast at gmail.com or you could Twitter us at Sci-Fi excuse me, Diner. You, you could uh, direct message us there. Yes. And you,
2: we are giving you two weeks to answer this question mm-hmm. because it's such a... Delicious prize. And it's well worth your effort. And we want to get as many people vying for this prize as possible. But uh, we'll give you two weeks to do it. And uh, because we we're planning to do a show next week and the following week. So we'll give you the answer. We'll repeat this trivia in the next show. And then the show after that, we'll give away the prize. Excellent. So it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Make sure you go for it. Well, Miles, we are going to head into news, but before we do that, we want to play a promo from the Seeker cast. Now, this is the Seeker cast is one of the podcasts that Kevin Batchelder, who's we've had on the show, not Mm -hmm. literally, but through voicemail and who's contributed to the show, Mm -hmm. one of the shows that he runs off Legend of the Seeker. Now you have not checked out Legend of the Seeker yet, have you? I have not. Uh, it's something that may end up on Netflix at one point or another. Mm-hmm. It just hasn't. Mm-hmm. He got me, Kevin Batchelder, to blame for Far for Farscape. So he just has to deal with the fact that watching that is Dead Legend of the Seeker right now. Thanks for giving us this promo, and here it is.
1: I'm Jen Geffinger. I'm Kevin
2: Batchelder, and I'm
3: Kurt Geffinger, and we are the Seeker Cast. A podcast for fans of the TV series Legend of the Seeker. We are a community-based podcast that works to keep you up to date on some of the best news, forum discussions and interviews in the Seeker fandom. We also do a recap and in-depth discussion of each episode. I I thought it was very rich the story I, I was afraid it was going to be a little trite but this really played out to be a very powerful episode in my
1: mind. The whole episode did kind of stay one step ahead. I, I felt like I kept having to catch up and try and figure out what was going on, which I like that. that it's not predictable, so that, that made me very happy the way it was done. And also, you know, correcting the mistake they made on the Sisters of the Light in Season 1. <laughs> <sighs> that was the only thing of Season 1 that I cannot forget.
3: That's okay, though, because we're staying focused on the series, right, Kurt?
1: So tune in to The Seeker Cast at theseekercast.com or subscribe through iTunes. Anyone else want to question my orders?
2: Welcome back. We are now heading into the main course of our show. And we're going to start off with some TV news. And uh, our first bit of TV news? Uh, nose. Nose? TV news. Does nose know? It does. I sniffed this out, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Which uh, Our first bit of news is which one of your favorite shows should live? could live, which could die? Mm. Well, let's t- start off by talking about the shows that we already know that have been renewed.
3: Our friends uh, Dayton Ward and Kevin Dilmore will be happy to hear this. Uh, CBS has renewed The Big Bang Theory for a fourth season.
2: A lot of people like that show. I have not watched it or checked it out, but it's one that if I had – Endless hours in a day that I probably would.
3: Yeah, I've heard a lot of good stuff about it. It's just
2: something that I'm going to have to Netflix. Yeah. Yep. Eureka sci-fi has renewed for a four season. That's going to be good. Steve Miller's going to love that. Most of you don't know who Steve Miller is. But Steve, uh, his wife, Terry Miller, was on uh, an episode of, was it uh New Moon? Yes. New Moon movie we had her on. But that, they're they're both fans of Eureka, and they're probably ecstatic about that as we well. We should have
3: Steve on the show sometime.
2: Yeah, we're going to have to figure out a way to get him on. He hmm. might watch SGU. Yeah. Maybe we can talk about SGU. Okay. Maybe like when the finale happens, we can give our thoughts on the
3: season. I don't know, whatever. Um, and talking about Stargate. Well, Stargate Universe... Uh, has been renewed for a second season. I don't know if I knew that. Did, I just, we, did, we, did, we, re- did we report that? I, I haven't heard anything officially. I just assumed that it would be. I, yeah. I, I, thir- I heard thir- the ratings for it were great, so yeah. I, well. According
2: great. to Sci Fi Wire, it's been renewed. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Sanctuary, and I didn't know this because I'm a fan of Sanctuary, mm-hmm. uh, has been renewed for a third season, and. And it was—it's awesome because I just love hired Give me some more hired all. He's the man. He is the man. We had a great time interviewing him at shortly last mm-hmm. year, and I just love whenever I see him on screen. I was
3: like, who more hired all? Yep. Uh, I like Amanda tapping too, but hired all just cuts it. Well, uh, Supernatural uh, has been renewed for a sixth season that the CW has reported. This will make our friend Kevin Batchelder happy. I know yeah. he's a big—he's a fan of the show. And you know what?
2: This is um, uh, this is an early renewal. Because I think the show is still running now. Yeah, it is. It's an early renewal for Mm him. True Blood, we actually heard about this a while ago. I think uh, second season had just started airing and they had renewed for a third season True Blood from HBO. Mm -hmm. Uh,
3: The Vampire Diaries uh, is also being renewed
2: for a second season. And that was also an early renewal, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, doesn't mean that their other shows aren't being renewed. It just means that these are. Miles, we're excited about this one. Warehouse 13 Sci-Fi was renewed for a second season. We, of course, knew this. And I believe they are getting into filming soon. But we're waiting, baby. We're I waiting for it, this. Yeah. This is going to
3: be great. And when did it go off there? It was like uh, uh, early fall? Yeah. September. Well, yeah. It
2: was um it was a short run. Mm-hmm. Like July. It was like a three month run, mm-hmm. which is typical for shows these days. These 13 episode shows that they're running. Um, we of course knew that dollhouse was canceled eastwick which i don't think you and i ever watched but we did talk about briefly when it was first came out as a potential mm-hmm. was canceled and lost well it's not really canceled it's running at sixth season and its finale airs may 23rd
3: it had a good run and a uh, great run six right. seasons nothing to sneeze at no and um Listeners, uh, we, we had a chance to talk with uh, Mira Furlan. Uh, she was uh, on the first couple seasons of uh Lost.
2: Oh, yes, yes. And we'll be bringing you that interview mm-hmm. in a few. Yep. That'll be an exciting interview to bring when we do it. Mm-hmm. These are the shows – now, this is really the crux of it. These are the shows that are up in the air, mm. that no decision has been made yet. And so we're just going to go kind of banter back and forth here about different shows and our thoughts of them. And I'm going to start out by Chuck. You don't watch Chuck, right?
3: I'm not watching Chuck um, right now.
2: But uh, I watched season one. I rewatched it with my daughter uh, and um, and my wife, who are also into the show. And we're just started running season two, and season three is queuing up in the DVD as long as it's not being erased. Uh, and if not, I just have to wait till it comes out on DVD, I guess. But Chuck is in a likely to return category. Um, it's actually the top-rated Monday night drama for NBC and considering the shambles of NBC's schedule since Jay Leno. Hmm. And uh, it's probably a good chance it's going to bring back Chuck. It's basically – its lowest it's, it's latest ratings have been 6.61 million viewers. The chances are no, 80%, according to Sci-Fi Wire. So that looks good for Chuck, if you're a Chuck fan.
3: And this makes me happy. Well,
2: be, before we get into that, uh, you know, the thing about Chuck mm-hmm. – is they almost canceled it, third season. Right before third, they canceled it, and they did this campaign to bring it back, and now it's doing really well for them.
3: So, so, so the fans uh, helped The fans it.
2: helped do it. Uh, and actually, uh, Zachary Levi helped do it, the mm-hmm. main character from that. Okay, uh, flash forward. Go ahead. Didn't mean to
3: cut you off. That's all right. Uh, well, this is another maybe. Uh, flash forward uh, on the ABC network. Remember all those ratings everyone was all worried about when the series began last fall? Well, forget about them. They don't matter one bit considering the long, long break for new episodes to return. Oh, tell me about it. You know, these long breaks, I just don't get it. The good news is that the series has 13 episodes to prove itself. The bad news is that there has been some trouble behind the scenes with rotating showrunners. Flash forward is starting from scratch in more ways than one. Uh, TVByTheNumbers.com, uh, Bill Gorman reported, if Flash Forward keeps falling when it returns, it has no future. We'll, have, we'll now have to wait until the uh, mid-March uh, to see its uh, next uh, ratings. So it's coming back soon, mm-hmm. but um, no guarantees yet. Go ahead. Yeah, it's, its its latest ratings were 7.29 million viewers, which seems good to me. Um, uh, seems better than Chuck. Yeah. Uh, so it's a 50-50 chance whether we'll get it back or not. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping we will. Well, Fringe –
2: which we are both into. We are both lovers of Fringe. Absolutely. Wayne and Dan, you guys will love this. <laughs> Despite low ratings, Fringe has managed to more or less hold its own in the most difficult time slot in television, Thursdays, 9 p.m. This has been especially noticeable since past life has taken over the time slot to the tune of 2 million fewer viewers while Fringe takes a break. All things considered, the rabid fan base, a terrible time slot, the excellent shows are showing on DVR ratings and it adds up to a solid performance. Latest rating: seven point seven six million viewers. Now, this is from ten to twelve million viewers in the Monday night time slot they were airing it at. At one time, I believe that's when it was aired. Uh, the chances are, renewal—they're giving it about seventy so percent. That's good. That, that, that's that, its chances seem good. Give me some more Walter.
3: Well, I love Walter. Yeah, April first coming back, coming back. Well, now let's talk about Heroes. Uh, Believe it or not, despite terrible ratings, Heroes has a chance at a fifth season. Yeah, I can't believe this. That's for sure. Yeah, the ratings have stabilized. The series gains another uh, million-plus viewers when DVR ratings are counted in, which I knew it would. NBC is trying to rebuild its schedule thanks to the Jay Leno show debacle. And Heroes at least brings in a loyal audience. It does well overseas. It's a high-profile original series. That said, a very strong case could be made for the show's cancellation as well. Excuse me, uh, James Hibbard's uh, live feed commented, this season Heroes continue its decline and is now level around uh, 2.0 adults, 18 to the 49 rating. That would warrant cancellation under most circumstances. The deciding factor here is NBC's internal balance sheet for production. Don't be surprised if NBC announces a 12-hour final chapter for next fall. Its latest ratings, uh, 4.41 million viewers. Chances of renewal, 40%. So not real high, but they're saying there's
2: a good chance with everything else going on on NBC that it could be renewed. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me. I I don't know. I have a feeling it will be. And, um, and you would like having that final chapter.
3: They they ought to do something if if, if they're going. To, yes, if they're going to do one more, do do the way that they wrap things up. Yeah.
2: Now, this kind of surprised me because I wasn't sure how Human Target would do. Uh, Human Target's new mid-season replacement is finally leveling off to some decent, decent ratings. While certainly getting a bump from American Idol, the last couple of episodes have been very entertaining, and the series seems to be finding its feet. And considering the series will most likely do well in reruns given its episodic nature, we're liking its chances for a second season so far. The latest pre-Olympic ratings was 8.92 million viewers. And even during the Olympics, 9.14 million viewers. That's not bad. That's doing better than a lot of the other shows we're talking about here. True. So 45% chance of a no. Hey, it's looking good. I watched the first few episodes, and for some reason, my DDR is no longer recording it. i got to figure out what's
3: going on. Mm, I, I have not started watching it, but uh, it does interest me. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about something that does interest you here. Uh, Smallville. When the CW moved Smallville from Thursdays to Fridays, it looked like it could be the end of this reliable reformer. Certainly Smallville didn't seem quite seem to fit with the younger uh, skewing shows the network was banking on, such as the Vampire Diaries. Then something strange and wonderful happened. Apparently, Apparently the fans weren't ready to let Smallville die. The producers are still doing fine creative work, and the series had finally given the CW some ratings on Friday nights. While Smallville didn't get an early pickup like Vampire, Diaries, or Supernatural, it's looking very good for a 10th season with Super Clark and his friends. And by the way, don't be surprised if it does another season and we see one or two additional Smallville movies along the lines of Absolute Justice. Lowest ratings, uh, 2.48 million viewers. Chances of renewal, 90%. That's high. Extremely high. I, I wasn't sure we'd get that. I, I think they turned things around this season. I mean, I, just, I do. And I and I do, and I agree that I would love to see another absolute justice movie. That was just great. I would too. I mean a live action I mean it, the last one was very good. So Yeah. Well let's round out our uh things
2: that we're watching and their chances are no with V these beautiful alien invaders are in the same boat as Flash Forwarders. The series returns on March 30th and it's airing after Lost in a 10 p.m. time slot, which is a good thing. With Lost in this final season, V is likely to grab a few viewers, which could help its bottom line. But V is pretty much starting over and will only have eight episodes to get you caught up on the revolution. Latest ratings were 9.20 million viewers. That was back in December, early December. Tesla renewal, 60%. Mm. So better than Flash Forward. We'll see how it all yeah. transpires. I loved V. I can't wait for it to come back. I will be watching.
3: If anybody subscribes to TV guy, they did a nice little um, little article on V. Oh, really? Yes. Re- recently? Just just the last episode, yeah. Oh, awesome. There you go. Mm-hmm.
2: That that works. Let's move in. Oh, that's it for TV. Anything else about TV you want to talk about?
3: I, I think we covered it. well. Yeah,
2: yeah. Nothing much I'm watching. You're watching Caprica. That's on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't watch it. Last two episodes good? Very good. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me about it. I got to watch it. I'm behind. Let's talk about movie news. Well, there's really no current movies we're watching because the current movies suck right now. Yep. Yep. I'm not watching anything in the movie theater. Uh, We do have one up and coming movie that I thought was noteworthy that we kind of included in our show notes. Miles, let's not read the whole thing, but at least take us away and give us an introduction to what this movie is about. Now, before we do this. Yes. Did you see the TV series Flash? Um, no, I did With not.
3: With Whitney from? Smallville. Smallville. Um, Short-lived, very terribly done. Yeah, I, I, well, what, I, what little I saw of it didn't appeal to me at all. Yeah. Well,
2: now we have – and is that based – that's based on Flash Gordon, right? Flash Gordon, yeah. That was. Mm-hmm.
3: That was. So it was terrible. They don't even mention it here because it was so terrible probably. Mm-hmm. But uh, go ahead. Well, if you're a Flash Gordon fan, this may interest you. Uh, there's a new Flash Gordon movie in the works. Uh, but uh, no queen, no camp, but in 3D. Of course. Mm-hmm. It's a movie that there's no way a remake or a reimagining or a reboot of the 80s version or the serial version, Eisner told Sci-Fi Wire. And this is uh, director Breck Eisner, by the way. Yes. It is not camp in any way. We're going back to the original Alex Raymond comic strips groups. And imagine if you were living today, what would these strips look be like? So okay. that, that could that could be interesting.
2: Yeah. Well, they're kind of taking away all the early TV serial, the, the, the movie serials that they had, um, mm-hmm. and all the reincarnations of it. And, uh, and they're, they're saying that he wants to push it in, into 3D. That, that'll be good. That'll be good. So I may
3: check this out when it comes out. Yeah. And
2: Eisner, of course, is doing the new sci-fi horror movie, The Crazies, which I believe is out this week or yeah. the end of this week. So that'll be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, cost, they're saying it's a primary obstacle, but, uh, He's a Flash Gordon fan, so let's go. Did you ever watch any of the old Flash Gordon movies? Um,
3: I did. I um, did I, you like them? Yeah, I'm, I, I still I have one on DVD. I, I we have the '80s version. I enjoyed it for. I mean, as a kid, I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. And, oh, absolutely! But now it's like it's kind of nostalgic, you know, right? Right. It. But uh, um, I've seen a couple of the uh, the, the 1930s versions with Buster Crabbe. It's. Uh, yeah. Interesting to see what sci-fi was liked or thought right. of back then. Right, right. I haven't watched
2: anything except for the sci-fi series that was on two years ago. Okay, yeah, and that was about it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it for TV news. Let the TV news. That's that's it. That's it for movie news. Let's move into DVD news mm-hmm. and let's start by talking about 2012. 2012 was now out in DVD. That that was a movie, of course, you remember in November where the world was destroyed. Uh, John Cusack. Um Danny Glover, Woody Harrelson was in that. And you can own this DVD for fifteen ninety nine. I believe it's out today, actually. Okay. Uh, I might be wrong. It might be out next week. But if you want to watch Roland Emmerich uh, destroy the world again, this is a movie that you want to do it because the effects are absolutely incredible. Not great in the dialogue department, mind you, mm-hmm. but the effects are pretty incredible. Um And it's well worth it. Uh, and for fifteen bucks, that's not a bad price to own a, a DVD and to nope. watch this movie. Of course, you can always rent it if you have Netflix as well. But two thousand twelve's out there, and if you want to, you know, watch a movie with near misses and hair raising plot lines, you know, the Vatican being torn apart and the White House, House being blown up again, destroyed. Hey, this is a movie for you.
3: I haven't seen it yet, but uh, I, I plan on renting it. Uh, you should rent it. Definitely rent it. All right. Well, next on for DVD news, uh, Where the Wild Things Are, uh, the Forrest uh, Whitaker novel. Sorry, um, no, he's in it. Forrest Whitaker's, uh, yeah, the actor is not it. Um, yeah.
2: Did you ever read Where the Wild Things Are when you were a kid? Was read to you? It was probably read
3: to me, but I don't remember it
2: very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is a movie. We're not talking about the book.
3: Mm-hmm. But, uh, I guess yeah, you knew that, it's, yeah, I did. It's a, definitely a live action. Um, right, right. It's you know, brought to live action. Um, and, uh, Do you know what would
2: have made this movie great? Hand puppets. Hand sock. puppets. Yeah, sock puppets. They should have done a, an entire movie in sock puppets. That would have made it
3: great. Now you did see this movie. I did. Mm-hmm. I did.
2: It was a good movie. I enjoyed it. I went with my daughter. She loved it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was good for what it was. Mm-hmm. I would, it's not a movie I'll probably run and see again. But hey, mm-hmm. it's worth seeing once. But sock puppets would have really made that movie.
3: And I think, I believe uh, Sam Gandolfini play, uh, voices one of the. Uh, oh yeah, he does,
2: and he did Carol, and they did a great job in that. And Chris Cooper's in it. I love Chris Cooper. He's in a lot of stuff, and Iris faris Whitaker and uh, Lauren Ambrose is in it. And oh, it's just a good cast. Mm-hmm. It really is, and um, it's very good. And Catherine Keener's in it. Some good stuff. Good stuff. I like it. It's well worth it. Anything you want to say about it? I haven't seen it yet, so, yeah, so well worth, mm-hmm. well worth it. Mm-hmm. And here's the movie. Here's the DVD that I'm really looking forward to: Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Oh yeah, classic sci-fi is at its best. Uh, you can own this DVD for nine bucks, ten bucks actually. It's well worth the ten bucks spent. This has to be like one of these campy movies, right? That you see, it's either a bad sci-fi. Siffy uh channel movie on a Saturday mm-hmm. night, or it's just a bad seventies or
3: eighty early eighties movie that they put out. This this seems like something you would see on that uh the the guys and robots from Oh Mr. the Science.
2: Mr. Yeah, Mr. Science Theater doing yeah. it. Oh my word. Anyways, if you want to know about this movie just a little bit, Martian children have become very unhappy watching Earth television programs showing Christmas cheer among humans. The wise old Martian Chokchem tells the adults that Mars needs Santa Claus to bring fun and joy to their children. A group of Martians arrives at the North Pole and kidnaps Santa. ha! And the angry Martian, Voldor, wants to get rid of him instead. With the help of the two Earth children and a clumsy Martian, Dropo, Santa defeats Voldor and brings happiness to Mars. I'm there you're there Yeah, it's well worth the rental <laughs> Oh <yeah. laughs> uh, it may be worth owning for 10 bucks mm-hmm. but uh, anyways those are our DVDs for tonight before we get into our awesome interview with Sam Whitmer which I know you guys are waiting for um, we need it we want to play another promo this promo is a novelization called The Toothless Zombies we're mm-hmm. talking about zombies early on mm-hmm. there's a novel we're going to play the promo and it'll tell you where you can find
1: it in a dying world Only memory can save the living. J.P. Moore brings you Toothless, a zombie tale like no other. France, 1180 A.D. In life, he was Martin, a failed Templar knight, a father, a husband. In death, he is Toothless a gifted warrior, a leader among the risen dead, serving an ancient, marauding evil. But life is not yet done with him. Toothless, an exciting new audiobook by J.P. Moore. Visit jpmoreonline.com to start your journey.
2: Welcome back to the podcast. We have an awesome interview with with Sam Whitmer in store for you. Mm-hmm. Now, Miles, we had a great time interviewing this guy.
3: Yes, and we almost didn't get the chance to do it too. It was uh no, it was, Let, last minute on the fly. Yeah, I know. When I emailed the convention, uh, you know, they, you know,
2: I emailed Betsy from Farpoint. She said, "Oh, well, uh, they, I checked and they said we can't do it." And then I. Checked with her again when we were down there, and she talked to her higher ups, and they told her something different. Mm-hmm. So it was it was her first time kind of running interference. She was awesome by she, the way. She helped us out tremendously. She did, and she set up. She she hooked us up with an interview with Sam Whitworth. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of debacle trying to get that going, but it
3: was—we just had a really good time sitting down and chatting with this guy. Yes, Sam. Sam, He's not just you know an actor uh, getting these parts. He—he's he, a fan of what he's doing too. He's
2: absolutely a fan. He was a fan, as you'll hear of BSG before he became a part of
3: that. Sure, a fan of Smallville and absolutely a fan of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And he's been in all three. And he was a last-minute uh, guest replacement. Uh, So it was very serendipitous that we got a chance to uh, talk with him. Yeah, it was surreal. Surreal. Mm -hmm. Well, let's don't hold it off any longer. Let's bring on that interview.
1: There once was a monster, and the monster dreamed that it was a man. It loved everything
0: about being a man. It was a beautiful dream, but this dream is doomed
3: well, wow. I'm a fan of Smallville and uh, BSG, so I remember your work from both those shows. Awesome, thank you, thank Thanks. you. So, um, so I, that was cool that you got to be an iconic <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday.
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, it was um, interesting. They called me, and I just got a call like, "Oh, the Smallville producers want to meet you," and uh, they. They described this character, Davis, and his whole story. And, uh, and then they said, oh, and by the end of it, it becomes Doomsday. And I'm like, oh, the guy from the animated thing that I saw, on, I think he's from a comic book too, right? Isn't he the, the guy that
2: killed Superman? Superman? Right, and I knew that much because I had gotten
0: like, the um, the Doomsday animated uh, uh, cartoon on Xbox Live like two weeks beforehand. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, that guy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm the, yeah, so... All right. Well, welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner. Thank James. you very much. And uh, we have with us Sam Witwer. What's up? Uh, What's up? Known for his work in the Star Wars, BSG, and Smallville universe. Yeah. And uh, those are your most recent, right? You've done a little bit of Angel, is that correct, in the past? Uh, yeah. I, I, I think I did an Angel. I did an, a, a Dark Angel. Right, I, right. I did a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, I've kind of been all over the place. All over the place. Well, very cool. Well, thank you for
3: sitting down and chatting with thank us here.
2: You. Yeah. It's nice to be here. So, well, very cool. Well, welcome to PowerPoint. And uh, where do you want to start, Miles?
3: Um, how, often do you, uh, how often do you do the conventions right now?
0: Um really it's uh not that often I think this might be my third or fourth mm-hmm. i think okay. um but uh it's I, it's really um it's when uh you know it, it's when it's when work calms down just a little bit and I've got a couple weeks if there's a convention that falls in there i'm I'm more than happy to do it because this is last minute
2: right yeah <laughs> very
0: very last minute, yeah, you found out what a week ago it's like, oh yeah, oh, sorry about that yeah, that's All right, right. Let me turn that off. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, you know it's a, it's around work and uh, even even this was a couple of close calls but we're we're totally fine.
3: Oh good, so, yeah.
2: <laughs> well, uh, my most uh, miles most recently you saw him in uh, Smallville, right? Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. And
3: uh, I liked what Smallville did. I mean, the comic books made Doomsday pretty much a one-dimensional character. He just goes right. kill Superman, but Smallville actually made Doomsday a very sympathetic. Uh, yeah, character yeah. which you which you made him very sympathetic. Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, you made him more human. I mean,
0: it was a, definitely a risk. I remember when we when when we first sort of told the public what we were doing, um, they were not happy. They there was a lot of uh, fan backlash. But as soon as it started airing, they kind of chilled. They kind of calmed down and got on board, which is which was really nice. That was really nice. And, and we kind of knew that was going to happen. I mean, whenever you're going to change something or add something, you know, there's. A bunch of people who are probably rightfully concerned that you're going to do a bad job, that you're going to ruin something, you're gonna, you know, break it. But uh, but in this case, they they got on board and agreed with what I what what we did. So that was that was really nice.
3: I, I think in in that case, they, they improved upon the uh, the character. I hope so. Yeah,
0: I hope so. I mean, I I always looked at it like the Davis part of uh, Doomsday was just camouflage. And so it was the story of this sort of garment that Doomsday wears, and and the camouflage began to to believe in itself. And so it's the sad story there. A tragic um, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <coughs> like I, I'm not sure that Doomsday himself um has the, you know a lot of that humanity inside him. I think it's it's I, I looked at it as like it was a shell, mm-hmm. you know that was necessary for a while and then no longer became necessary. So,
3: Now, what was interesting was that, you know, there, you know uh, Doomsday wasn't CGI. I mean, there were, were you in the suit, or was it the uh, was another actor in the suit? You know,
0: the, the suit was very uncomfortable, um, or so I've heard, because I, I was not in it. <laughs> I, uh, I got to hang out and relax while uh, a very cool guy named Dario put on the suit, <laughs> mm-hmm. which was great because I could be, my presence could be felt in an episode um, and I could just be relaxing somewhere. <laughs> Very nice. So that was
2: nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice Well, now, is, is that? Beca- or was it because uh, you've done stunts before? I, yeah, I saw you accredited Crash, right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think it was mostly because uh, I am not six five and super. You know, as wide as I am tall. Uh, <laughs> they because Tom is six four. I'm six one. And uh, I'm used to being one of the taller guys on the set, but uh, not on in Smallville. In Smallville, they're all giants, uh, right. so you know they—they, they, I just wasn't big enough. And but also, I, I actually told them I'm like I, I'm not—I don't know that I want to do too many prosthetics on this. <laughs> um, and they were—they were cool about that. Um, but I, simply, if you had me in the suit, it, I, it just wouldn't have looked right against uh, Tom. You it wouldn't have like been imposing. Suit. I, again, on any normal set, sure. You know, it would have worked against, but Tom. not <laughs> against six four Tom Welling. No. That's why
3: I don't see. I mean, I don't, I don't think of Tom Welling as, as tall, but but you, you confirm he is six, six six four.
0: It's yeah, he's he's deceptively tall. That mm-hmm. guy, including and Justin, is also the same way.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, everyone on that set is very tall. <laughs> tall people.
2: Now, talk a little bit about your your work in the Force Unleashed. Yes, I played the video game. Absolutely loved it. Did you play the video game?
0: Oh uh, yes, yes I did. I'm a gamer, so I'm I'm really into that stuff. And you beat, you beat the game playing yourself? Oh yes, yeah. How
2: that how'd that feel to be you playing yourself? Oh uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: it's the same as it is every day. I always play myself. <laughs> um, no, it's it was really awesome. I mean, being a gamer and being a Star Wars fan since birth, it was it was incredible to be able to, uh, to lend my voice to that, to that franchise. Um, and I've, since I've, since I've been an actor, I've had very specific ideas of what, um, what that requires. Uh, and, and, you know, try to bring it to the try to create a character that felt like you could put him up to next to Luke and Han and and he wouldn't feel out of place, you know, make sure that, his vocal patterns and the way that he talked and how fast he talked and all that stuff that 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 matched up I mean if you watch the original Star Wars um, the joke is is that George Lucas uh, the only direction he'd give the actors is faster more intense um, <laughs> and, you know they do a take and he'd, and he'd go great faster do, do it more intense you know and that was all he would ever say in fact there was a, there was a story they tell that he lost his voice so they made up signs one for faster and one for more <laughs> intense and uh but if you watch that movie, that's the perfect direction for that movie. That movie, um, all the dialogue moves at a very quick 1940s clip, and uh, it's very exciting, and and it feels very old school that it's that way. I mean, if you watch uh, Maltese Falcon, for example, you know, just incredibly fast, exciting, uh, excitingly paced dialogue, and when it's that fast, everything is lent an era of importance, and... So we would do a take or something like that. It wouldn't feel particularly Star Wars, and then we'd stop, and I'd go, well, wait a second, What? A, let's try it faster, more intense, and then suddenly it would work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, just making sure that that, that that character had that sort of edge to it. Um, and I really liked the character, too. I really liked it. So it was really fun to get, well, confusing at first, but then fun to get called for Force Unleashed 2, um, because right. in this case... We now know the characters. We don't have to... Because we were... On the first one, we were so worried about about how the character was going to come off. I mean, everyone was second-guessing themselves. I was... We had endless talks about how do you make this character feel like a Star Wars character? Right. How do you... How do, you know, why do we... Who is Han Solo? Who is Luke Skywalker to us? Who is Princess Leia? Why are we still talking about these characters 30 years down the road? Why are they relevant? And uh, and what is it that we have to, to add to make it feel like it's from those movies? Because while it, it takes elements from both the prequels and the and the classic, mm-hmm. we definitely were skewing it toward the the classic for right. if for no other reason than you know we haven't done that for a while in, right. in Star Wars we haven't we haven't visited that sort of time frame um, and it's a very specific flavor. Um, so you know, Force too two, we're just kind of. Now we're like, okay, well, what can you do with the characters or where, where can we take them performance wise? And we had a lot of talks about that, you know, that the, they didn't go in the first game. And, uh, you know, it, it's cool because we know these guys. It's, we don't have to, the, the, it was a lot more relaxed for that reason hmm. uh, because the characters have been embraced now. The, the, the fans um, liked those people. Mm. And that was a huge relief on all of our parts because we were like, how's uh, it going to come off?
2: Because,
0: you know, people are they take a while to warm up to new Star Wars characters.
2: I know when I first started playing it, I felt extremely guilty killing Wookiees. And, <laughs> you know, because you're, cause, I mean, it starts out in Kashyyyk and that's where you first meet your character. It's mm-hmm. a little boy and then, right, and then it right. then it blossoms in, but you're killing all the good guys at first. As Vader, though, and then right. later
0: you come back as the Apprentice and free them. You know? Right, so right. there was a nice little symmetry there. Right. Hayden Blackman is a really smart guy. He's a really smart guy. He, for Force Unleashed two, um, the big question obviously on everyone's mind is how is this possible? How does this character return? And uh, huge question on my, on my mind. It was a call I was not expecting to get. And Hayden, uh, when I saw the script, I was just kind of floored. I was like, wow, he he actually this actually makes sense. This is actually really cool. What what he ends up
2: coming out with it. Well he, at the end of the book he ends up he ends up leaving or at least is subversive to Darth Vader, right? He's he's not he's he leaves him, right? I
0: actually I, I've not I've read part of the book I haven't okay. had a
2: chance to actually read through the, it. The, the video game where's the video game
0: leave? the leaves? video game leaves off that apparently apparently he's he's dead. And he's given his life so that the uh, the rebel leaders can escape. Yeah, because the book ended differently. Though. Did it really? Yeah. I Interesting. So. so so in this case, and I have well, okay. I was about to tell you what happens, but I can't. Yeah. <laughs> um, NDA. Yeah, exactly. So so that's where the NDA comes in. But uh, but he's back. But he's back. He is back, and I can I can say that, and I can say that it was really fun to have everyone back together again. And uh, you know, I'm I'm just looking forward to God. I almost. I, Wow, I almost just gave
2: away another piece of information. Yep, Oops.
0: We're getting in really tough. <laughs> really, This is really tough. <laughs> really tough. I think so far I've I've said nothing, so that's good. Then let's keep um, it that way. Something else Star Wars that I can't say anything about is the, the Clone Wars. Um, I'm doing some work for them. Um, the Animated series. The series? Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. Awesome. Uh, so oh. that... It, that, is that will been, that be for, can you tell us which season at least? Season three. Okay, so... Yeah, season three. There's... Okay. Uh,
0: very, very interesting idea that George has come up with and I get to um execute a large part of it, which is really fun.
2: Have you um, uh, have you met George then?
0: I've met George. I met George uh at the um release for Force Unleashed. Okay. So, um that's uh yeah, that's I think I've 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 walked past him on several occasions, but that's when <laughs> I actually had a chance to to talk with him. Right. And, uh, get him to sign my Force Unleashed poster, something like that. There right. you go. Know, so, uh, <laughs> the, the
2: fanboy comes out, oh, right? Of course, <laughs> I mean, you know, that guy is uh, No, we had interviewed Maris Brood last year. Oh, Adrian. Yeah, yeah, Adrian's, uh, but you probably didn't work with her. It was all voice work, right? No, no, no.
0: We all worked together. <clears throat> okay. We shot that, uh, very much like you would shoot a movie. And all the actors were together. So... Okay, cool. We, that was, that's part of what was so great about Force Unleashed, too, is... We all got back together, and we were all in the, we were all in the room, we were all working together. Is she in that one too? I cannot disclose who is and is not. Just that you are. I am, and that <laughs> there are other people who are familiar, Um but I could be talking about behind the scenes guys. I could be right, talking right, about, right. I can say that Hayden Blackman is involved. Right, right.
3: Hayden. And not give anything away. <laughs> right, right.
0: I can say that David Collins is involved, but that doesn't necessarily, even though David played proxy in Force Unleashed, he he's a LucasArts guy, so maybe he's just helping with the script, or maybe he's doing right, sound stuff. Right, we don't right. know. Maybe Proxy shows up. I, I don't know. I have <laughs> right. no idea.
2: Well, we can move this conversation onto BSG. That way you're safe.
3: Yes. <laughs> That's right. Now, I would, would ask one thing. Uh, when you for your work for Season 3 for Clone Wars, yes. are you voice... Are you, is it your character for... Force Unleashed, or is it for a different character? I,
0: I can say that it's not Starkiller. It's not Starkiller. He, he's this is a character who is. Uh, I could say safely that he's thematically linked to Star Killer. In fact, that was something that Dave Filoni Ooh, said. He maybe said, I'm you, "You can." It's 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 not someone who is in any kind of literal rela- relation, something okay. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but Dave Filoni said, you know, it's it's okay if if there's some element of that character in this because and I again I didn't have to tell you who and what my character is and then you have to kill us guys. To me. right exactly right. <laughs> but it's a, if if I could tell you it, it would be um, I think you'd be suitably excited because it's awesome. a very George came up with a very cool idea cool. Um, and it's something that's very linked into the mythos of Star Wars and the you know and where it's all going and how it relates to The main characters and you know when is the Force
2: Unleashed to do out I think at the end of this year at the end of this year so you have to wait all year
0: (laughs) I guess so (laughs) and the cool thing is I get to go in and just sort of periodically check on them and do some you know continue working for them and stuff (laughs) right awesome that's fun that's great and also for Clone Wars so that's (laughs) that's uh, you know because they they called me up I I was thrilled to to begin with because I just love Star Wars and you know, yeah. Get me another Star Wars character to play. Let's do this. Um, and it wasn't until a little bit later that that I was informed. And I guess maybe I wasn't. Maybe this information missed me somehow. But that the, the character didn't just show up once. He showed up. You know, that this was a recurring type of character. So that was neat. Very cool. So. And we
3: know we're going to get a third season of uh, Clone Wars.
2: Yeah. Well, we knew. I think there's five. Five is slated out. Is that correct? Five seasons? Yeah, I don't know. I thought I thought I heard somewhere yeah. they have
0: some really cool things. Coming. And the live yeah.
2: action comes out soon too. That'll be awesome. Yeah, but lots of Star Wars, lots yeah, of I can't get enough different
0: stuff. He's a Trekkie.
2: I'm much more of a Star Wars
0: guy. I do
3: appreciate Star Wars. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, you know, and I like I like both. You, yeah. uh, did you enjoy the new Star Trek
3: all Loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah Loved absolutely. It.
0: Yeah. Tell us about
3: Crashdown.
0: Crashdown uh, was a character in Battlestar Galactica season one and the beginning of season two who, um... Hope I'm not giving anything away there. Uh, died. Yeah. <laughs> he does not come to a... he's no there. But yeah, but doesn't come to a happy end. Um, yeah. No, he loses his head over the thing, doesn't yeah, Well, you know, that's the, that's the thing. He actually gets hit in the in the back. Everyone thinks he gets hit in the head. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I've had people say that, you know, even people who worked on it, they're like, yeah, you got... No, it's like, no, it was the, it was the back, man. I know, because that's where they put the the hole. As a matter of <laughs> fact, when, when I actually... I can talk about this, right? Yeah, come on. If you haven't seen Battlestar, what's wrong with you? Yeah, no spoilers. (laughs) We 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 talked
3: Battlestar Galactica: Death uh, from previous shows. Yeah,
0: (laughs) when uh, I remember during the uh, when when I actually take the shot when 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 Baltar shoots me, there's a tree in front of me, and I actually go I go flying into the tree. I kind of smash into the tree. Um, (laughs) Like any stunt, you'll do something. once, twice, three times, four times, and you're like, yeah, it's cool, it's cool. You do it seven times, you're like, it's fine, it's fine. It isn't until about 14 or 15 that you're like, oh, oh God, oh, <laughs> this really hurts. <laughs> and, you know, and, and at first, you you're, I mean, so every time that the stunt guys are like, you want pads? And you're like, no, no, I'm fine. Um, and it's because you think you are fine the first dozen times, but once you start getting into the high teens... Um, whatever it is that you're doing to yourself really starts to catch up with you, especially also like after breaks, like you'll be, you'll do it a bunch of times and then you'll take a break and you'll go back to it and your body's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I just let my guard down, man. I, I thought we were resting. Oh, great. And, uh, it's, it's extremely painful, <laughs> really painful. So
3: not only a death scene, it's a painful death scene. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, even, even in, in the mist, I do a very simple thing where, where Bill Sadler, uh, hits me on the base of the neck and knocks me over, like knocks me to the ground and I, during the takes, I catch myself with the palm of my hand Um, even that was horrifically painful after a while because I was just going down really hard slapping my my hand and my wrist to the ground so, you know, it's uh, again, (laughs) it's nothing that bothers you the first 12, 14 times, you you do it after 14 times and you're like, okay, this is I, I really need to pace myself here
2: so Well now tell us uh, so he, he meets his demise. What's happening what happens with your character in the series? I mean how well, maybe actually, how'd you get involved with BSG? Well,
0: I got involved because I saw the miniseries, I fell in love with it, and then I um, <laughs> I had my agent call Robert Ulrich, who was the casting director, who had auditioned me several times, I said, Hey, tell Robert that I'd like to do uh, Battlestar, that I want a guest on it. And Robert, who's always been very friendly to me, uh, came back with a series regular, and um, I was shocked. And so I, I auditioned for that and got it, and uh, didn't expect that I'd have to move to Vancouver. I thought I'd just uh, you know do a guest shot, just do an okay. episode, and I just wanted to contribute to a show that I thought had enormous potential and, and was already extremely good. Um, so I'm so the next thing I know, I'm a series regular and I'm living in Vancouver. Um, the problem. With that for me, was that they had twelve other regulars, all of which who were established in the miniseries, right? And I wasn't; I was later. And they they really owed them screen time before they owed some new guy screen time. So uh, Crashdown was often lost in the shuffle. He he, um, you know, he was present and he was doing stuff during the first season. Um, and they really, I mean, they wrote him some awesome stuff. Problem is, before we'd shoot it, that stuff often had to be cut from the script because there just wasn't time. Mm-hmm. There wasn't time or space to shoot all this, uh, all this wonderful stuff they were writing for Crashdown, and oftentimes really funny stuff, which was, you know, because they were trying to figure out how funny Battlestar Galactica could or could not be at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually, what happened is they started figuring out how to get him into the into the main story, started getting him in more and more. Yeah, which was very pleasing to me, but um, for me, I I really felt like I needed to get back to LA, you know, and and just work on other stuff. So and and uh, and for all you listeners out there, if you guys have the Blu Ray or I think even the DVD, um, but definitely the Blu Ray. If you listen to the uh, the commentary for the episode thirty three, they will corroborate this story. Um, but I, I basically said to David Icke, like, hey, so you know how you're. You're paying all, me all this money to be out here and stuff. Well, wouldn't it be cool to, like, save your money and buy, like, two or three extra explosions per episode? Like, how about this? Like, let's use him. Let's do something with him. Or let's give him a, a really cool death. Let's do something cool. And uh, I think <laughs> I think David, I can run more who want to kill absolutely everyone, as you've right. seen in the show. Right. I think once an actor kind of, because they don't want to hurt anyone's feelings or like that. And once an actor kind of invites you, you're like, no, go for it. Like oh, all right, cool. <laughs> maybe we will. And, and you know, I think David I uh, really started thinking about the possibilities of that. And so when season two came around, there were three episodes um, that uh, had a very cool storyline in which my character came to the forefront, and uh, and had a very complicated, um, dramatic uh, tale that, that left that led to his demise. And and I really. When I saw that in the script, I was really happy because for one thing it was really extremely well written and for two I didn't feel like every actor could do it justice and i and I was appreciative that they gave me a chance to essentially succeed or fail um, because if you're going to write something really good you know oftentimes it'll be challenging it'll be right interesting and challenging and and uh, they i mean I, I suppose they could have figured out something where I wouldn't have had to stretch as much but they actually uh, showed some faith in in their casting decision and uh, and gave me something that I felt like not every actor could do correctly and I was really happy about that.
3: I mean, they, they let your they let you let your character become unglued.
0: Yes, you know? yes, and that was the that, the fun thing about coming unglued on that show though was doing it in a rational way, doing it in a way that made perfect sense to me and and also made perfect sense to a lot of the military audience that was watching the show. I was very surprised but heartened when, when Fragged aired. Uh, I thought everyone was just going to, you know, hate Crashdown. But turns out, uh, most of the people that had served in the military came to his defense and said, "What would you do?" You know, they said, "Look, he he did everything by the book, and even pulling the gun on Callie because at the end he." Callie disobeys an order in a combat situation, so he draws a, a weapon on her and threatens to shoot her if she doesn't go out and do her what she's been commanded to do. And uh, the military people jumped to my defense on that, too. They said that this is, this is military ethics. This is in the book. This is losing someone, losing a soldier to friendly fire is more desirable than losing the chain of command because if you lose the chain of command, everyone dies. Right. And the thing about this episode, that episode that not a lot of people bring up a lot is that you know yeah crashdown comes up with this crazy the episode to remind you guys is the Cylons we've crash landed on Cobol. i'm trying to help these soldiers out there's some confusion people are getting killed um, clearly i'm not the best people person uh, even though I, I he's a good pilot he got them down to the ground alive he was able to uh, to save everyone's life pull them out of the raptor all that but he's not a good uh, you know he's not a good leader at the, at this point in his life right um but he also, but, he, but he's an officer and he knows his job. Well, the Cylons set up a missile turret and Crashdown knows that Galactica is sending a rescue party and, and that rescue party is going to be shot down if uh, we don't deal with the missile turret that's been set up in the woods. So I'm concocting this plan about... And we're totally ill-equipped. We have maybe like two rifles and some handguns um, and there's several Cylon centurions out there. So... The odds are not in our favor. We're probably all going to die. But but my argument is,
2: what
0: what are we going to do? What's what what um what is our what is the alternative? And and everyone forgets that while the chief is the voice of reason in the episode, and the chief goes, no, let's let's not do this. It's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. He never offers an alternative. No one does. No one comes up with a better idea. And so Crashdown goes. Well, then here we go. We have to attack the site. And then you know, and then people say, oh, but you know, what about when the chief says attack? There's a there's a radar dish that can be taken out, uh, and the thing that people forget is Crashdown got faulty intelligence on that. Baltar lied about uh, the Cylons that were protecting that dish. So, what I loved about the episode is there was an opportunity for both sides to be right. There was an opportunity for Crashdown to be fairly rational while at the same time emotionally coming unglued. Um, and the long line for the episode was, "Oh, Crashdown goes crazy." But I was like, "No, I'm not. I'm not going to play it like." You're not going to spray me down with sweat, and mm-hmm. I'll be gritting my teeth throughout the whole episode. I mean, that's we've seen that a million times. We've okay. seen w- what we haven't seen is a story about a guy who almost gets everyone killed because he cares too much. We haven't seen that quite uh, that much. I mean, we've seen you know it, we've we've seen crazy leader gets everyone killed. It's not interesting.
3: Yeah, you know. I appreciate that. Well, thank
2: you. well, thank you so much for sitting with us and talking with us a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Welcome back to the diner. We hope that you enjoyed our interview with Sam Whitwer. We certainly enjoyed bringing that to you. Before we go, we are going to do our Sci-Fi 5 and 5, Miles. Okay. And uh, just so you know, listeners, if you have your Sci-Fi 5 and 5, we would love to have it. We'll play it on the show. We've done that in the past. Heck, you can email them to us, and we'll read them on the show as well. Of your top five anything in Sci-Fi, It could be top five or it could be the worst five as well. It doesn't have to be just everything good. Be creative. Yeah. So my creativity tonight brought me to uh, the sexiest women in sci-fi television, and this is according to moi, to me. So Miles has a different list. He can share that later on, but this is my list. Okay. And I actually cheated. I brought in six instead of five. Is that going to be okay, Miles? I can live with that. You can let it slide. Mm-hmm. At number six, I put in Allison Mack. Now, M- Miles said that some of the people on my list makes me make me a dirty old man at the diner because these people, even though they're actors in their 20s and sometimes 30s, look like they're playing teens.
3: I fear that. Yeah, yes, so, yes, yes.
2: So uh, I am not a pedophile. That's for sure. I'm, I'm confessing that. Anyways, Allison Mack, she, of course, plays Chloe Sullivan on Smallville. She's, she's a cutie. She's incredibly cute. She is. Uh, Marina backerin as Anna and also as, um, um, companion. Oh,
3: oh, yes, uh, she's, uh, Inara.
2: Inara, thank you. <laughs> the name just slipped my mind right now. Inara from Firefly and, uh, she of course is on V right now as Anna. She is very
3: cute. Didn't she do some, uh, Stargate also? Yeah, she
2: played, uh, the Leader of the Ori. Okay. Yeah. The Leader of the Ori. Summer Glau from Dollhouse Terminator Salvation. Firefly, 4400. A bunch of good shows right there, and she is she's she has an
3: interesting cuteness about her. She does. She would be on my list. She's not your classic beauty, but mm-hmm. she there's just something about her. She has that undefined
2: thing, that undefined beauty. Mm-hmm. Wow, uh, Laura Vandervoort. Who, the first time I saw her was in uh, Envy, and she plays Lisa, which is Anna's daughter. I mean, Anna's daughter, mm-hmm. in Envy, and she's quite cute. But then again, she's playing kind of like his teen character, right? See, why do I have teens on my list? That makes me worried. I'm worried. I'm worried. Yeah, you should be. Mm-hmm. Because my next one's also that. Uh, Zoe Greystone, of course, played by Alessandra Torresani mm-hmm. in Caprica. She plays the daughter of. Uh, was it Daniel Gray? Uh,
3: um, D- Daniel Greystone,
2: yeah. Yeah, Daniel Greystone. And, um, yeah, she's supposed to be a high school student. Right. Creepy, creepy. Anyway, she always, she's on my list anyways. And number one, Tr- Trisha Helfer, of course, from Battlestar Galactica as six.
3: I can't argue with that.
2: Yeah, yep. She was definitely a beautiful girl. Mm-hmm. And she's been on a few things here and there that we see her kind of pop up in TV shows and so on. So it was, it was very good. Very good. So that's it. That's my Sci-Fi 5 at 5, the 5 top TV's sexiest women, and I'm sticking to it. And you can disagree with me, and write me hate mail if you want, but these are mine. Let us know what you think. Yes, we absolutely do want to know what you think. We, Miles, we got to wrap up the show. You can find us at the sci fi diner uh, Stuff that we mentioned the show, we we have more fully developed on our website, on our show notes. There are news stories that we cut from the show that are on our show notes that you got to check out. It's a good place to check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have pictures there. I got to put up videos from Farpoint. I've just been slacking Farpoint. Con and i'm just slacking on that um movies as well but check it out all that stuff's at the sci-fi diner podcast.com and it's a very good place to visit
3: check out our facebook fan page uh actually listeners i encourage you to uh become a fan of uh uh, the Sci-Fi Diner yeah, podcast Miles there. you
2: already posted some pictures up there of that, I did so. Yes. so yes And there's links to that in our show notes We of course are on Twitter At the Sci-Fi Diner You can follow the show's notes we, We're we involved there I'm also involved with Herzog H-E-R-T-Z-O-G on Twitter And Miles I'm son of Warfa at Twitter Yeah we match this every time You can mm-hmm. email us at the Sci-Fi Diner podcast At gmail.com If you want to share your thoughts Call us at 1-888-508-4343 And that's a wrap Miles
3: So until then, good night and good luck. See ya. Hey,
0: sci-fi fans, this is Sam Whitworth from... What am I from? This is your name and what you're known for. (laughs)
1: Like that, no? Hello,
0: sci-fi fans, this is your name and what you're known for and you're listening... No? Okay, let's try it again.
1: (laughs)
2: Hey Emperor, you're listening to the Sci-Fi Dinner Podcast. Diner,
1: eat it.